The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his mouth and a red flag. Man Ben McKee from Go Vols 247. I am Jason Swain live from the Low T Center Studio. What a day! What a day! You can't beat this time of the year. You cannot. College basketball has officially started. It is November. It's in the thick of things. Teams that want to win a championship, teams that want to have a chance to win a championship, the pressure is on to perform at the highest of levels in the month of November. College basketball, NBA basketball, college football, NFL football, college baseball, and MLB. Sorry, Ben, it's over. I ain't mad at that. What's up, Ben? What's up, man? How you doing, sir? You looking good, man. I missed you last night. Uh, I, I am doing well. Uh-oh. Apologies for the, the cough there. I am under the weather uh, a, a smidge this morning. But uh, other than that, I, I'm doing well. I, I missed you last night. I, I don't know where I was supposed to be last night. Were, were you at the basketball game? I was at the basketball game, man. And you didn't come say hello? Uh, You're a fraud. Ben... I didn't want to come and say hello. That's fine. I didn't want to say hello to you anyways. You know how you like, you're thinking of a, a reply. You're thinking of a, a reason to give someone an excuse. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's what I just did. That's fine. Man, I, I, I know you, I, I, I know you've moved on to bigger and better things and forgot about all the peasants that, that you've worked with in the past now. Like Ben, I, I, I just did want to say, Hello. The reason why is not because I didn't want to. The reason why is because you were on the opposite end of the court. I was sitting in uh, section 200 and um, it was me and the oldest and uh, school night. Had things to do. So I knew that would take a whole nother 30 to 45 minutes because I know how I get to chopping it up over there and we left about a minute and so in the game 
and I knew I wouldn't get back until late. So that's why. I'll see you Saturday, right? No? No. I am uh I am not making the football trip this weekend. My three other coworkers will be in attendance while I go to Madison, Wisconsin on Friday night to cover Tennessee basketball uh, against Wisconsin. I don't know who wins on that one. I don't know who wins. Yeah. Back in uh I guess I booked the trip uh two, two and a half months ago. Uh, to to go to Wisconsin at, and at the time I thought oh nice I'm getting out of going to Como and I, I can I can cover the game from the house which makes my life a whole lot easier I, I will never complain about uh, getting to go cover sporting events at all but it is easier to get my work done from the house than it is at the game so at the time I was like oh, oh yeah I don't have to go to Como I I can get my house my my work done easy from the house like this is gonna be great but now it's turned into a really good football game and and i'm jealous that that i'm not going honestly and uh i I do want to check off all the sec football stadium boxes and and i have not been to furrow field there with all the rocks uh so in in hindsight i i am actually a a little upset that i'm i'm not going but uh 24 7 they everybody chips in with football obviously but they did hire me to cover the basketball team that that is my baby that I am responsible for uh so going to go to to Madison Wisconsin on Friday night and uh, cover Tennessee basketball versus Wisconsin so I'll be back in Knoxville for the football game on Saturday unfortunately well well that's fortunately uh for sure cuz that's going to be a, a a good game and um this is a great one I think that we're going to see on on Saturday between uh two top 20 teams, two top 15 teams in, in Tennessee and Missouri. And Tennessee has a chance to uh, put themselves in top 10 after a win at Missouri uh, at Faroe Field. I won't, I won't say too much about Faroe Field. Uh, I'm not going to give those guys any motivation to be um, louder than they have been. Um, we understand their stadium when it compares to some of the others in the SEC. It, it doesn't in size, but if you get a lot of passionate fans in one spot, uh, you can create a hostile environment, uh, one that Tennessee is prepared for, one that Tennessee has played in already, but still um, it can be a hostile environment. I, I think this team is battle-tested. Uh, I think this team learned a valuable lesson at Florida, at Alabama, and uh, we saw that lesson be learned and this football team improve and grow and take a step when Tennessee played at Kentucky and was able to orchestrate a couple of uh, end of the half drives to to finish the the deal uh, there in Lexington. So this is weird, man. This is a weird time to do the show, Ben, because it's Tuesday. <laughs> we got Missouri up next. We play UConn, and that was a nice scrimmage game. And I don't understand why UConn would come in, um, you know, talking. But I, I guess I get it if, if, if you are on the field and <laughs> you got a group of dudes come in and just tell you to move. Like, your pride going to get in the way. Your ego's going to get in the way. You're not really thinking about the game. but It's the fact that someone told you to move. 
and maybe you feel like you were entitled to that space because Tennessee wasn't on the field yet because of the ball walk. But I don't understand why you why, – why would you want to poke the bear? And uh, Tennessee could have hung seven if they really wanted to. Uh, but it was good to see everybody play. Um, guys, if you want to see Nico longer, I get it. But don't get mad because they took Nico out. You don't have to lie to yourself and tell yourself that Nico needs to play against UConn to be ready to play next year against Florida and Alabama and Georgia because he doesn't. It was good to see what he can do. Um, I'm no more excited or less excited. Nothing has changed watching Nico against UConn. I knew he was a stud in high school. He's a stud now, and he's going to be a stud when he plays. So it was good to see. Other guys get out there and play. Um, it was really good to see Ricky Gibson uh, at corner after leaving the game against Kentucky uh, with Kamal Hatton being out. I think Ricky Gibson is going to have an opportunity to to make some plays. He is a guy that can run. Uh, he, he's a guy that is aggressive. Uh, we saw him tackle in space. We saw him uh, get his nose in there and put his face in the fan. So, uh, Ben – we played Missouri this weekend, but any anyone stand out to you from last week's game? Any performance uh, was noteworthy for you? Anything you need to feel like you need to highlight? Uh, I, I pretty much agree with everything that that you brought up. The, those were my main takeaways. I, I'm I was already excited to to watch Nico play for obvious reasons, but I will say that watching him kind of run around and, and show off the athleticism. It, it it made me even a little more excited if if that's possible. He he just looks like he's going to be really, really fun to to watch and, and cover. I, I thought it was really cool how the entire offense came over and and kind of mobbed him uh mm-hmm. for uh throwing his first career touchdown. And I don't think it was just simply because he threw his first career touchdown. There's there's firsts that happen all the time, and and I don't often see players mobbed like Nico was. And I asked McAllen Castles about that yesterday when he spoke to the media, and he said uh, that everybody, I'm paraphrasing, but everybody loves Nico, and he's had opportunities this year where he could have complained about not playing as much as he should have, particularly in in games like Austin P and and UTSA when the starters did not handle their business. And because they did not handle their business, Nico was not able to get in and either play or, or play as much as he should have played. And uh, McAllen said that Nico has not complained once and he still shows up with, with a great mindset, great work ethic. He's been a great teammate through it all, never complained once. And, and, and being mobbed by his teammates by the offense was kind of representative of that. So I thought that was really cool and not trying to, to rush this football season to an end because there's still so much to play for. If Tennessee can beat Missouri and Ole Miss finds a way uh, to beat Georgia this weekend, which I think is possible. I'm not going to predict that, but I think it's certainly possible Ole Miss can beat Georgia. But then all of a sudden, next Saturday in Neyland Stadium, you're playing for the chance to to go to the SEC title game. And uh, so I'm not trying to rush through this season, but hard not to watch. Uh, Nico kind of be a, a jitterbug out there and and make some exciting plays and, and not be excited to watch him in a full capacity. So I thought that was really cool. Ethan Davis really stood out. I, I, I thought Ethan Davis looked good at the tight end position. Uh, he's somebody that Tennessee is going to have to rely upon next season. And honestly, 
you know, with, with still a lot to be played for this year, he's one snap away from receiving reps as well. If McCollin Castles or, or Jacob Warren goes down, uh, Ethan Davis w- would be next in line uh, to, to help contribute. And, and I thought he looked really, really good in the passing game. And, and I think he's going to be a player for Tennessee. So uh, Ethan Davis is the only one that I would add to, to what you mentioned there. You mentioned uh, McCollin Castles and um, he made me mad during the game. Not because he did anything wrong and messed up, but I'm aggressive, okay? I'm aggressive when it comes to football. Like, what y'all think are, are, are unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and targeting and, and, and uh, hard hits, I, I don't. I, I'm aggressive. I can't help it. Football is the outlet, okay? Ace agrees. Now, here's the reason why I was mad at McCollin Castle's dirty game. Just for a split second. He caught that ball, and he let four or five dudes pick him up off the ground, and he that big. I need you to go punish defense. Punish those little dudes. Lower that shoulder and deliver the boom. Don't let that boom be delivered to you. And then they rip the ball out after the whistle, and the last thing we need to do is be is, is leave it up to the referees to make a decision. Ethan Davis caught the ball and noticed that the secondary player was trying to get low and take out his knees, so he got down low with him. He got down low with him and, and, and met him. I just need McCollin Castles to start punishing dudes to try to tackle him and finishing those runs um, and not letting guys pick him up off the ground. That's the only thing I was upset about. But other than that, man, I don't know. We did what we were supposed to do. We, we, we handled... We handle business um, unlike other games, and I'm, I'm very, very. Uh, Tennessee beat UConn the way it should beat UConn in football, and, and I always say that good football teams, they they beat down opponents and, and treat opponents the, the way that they should be treated, and I thought Tennessee displayed that on Saturday, and I, and I also thought it spoke to Tennessee's growth this season as a football team, Swain. Uh, back when Tennessee was playing UTSA and in Austin P and and I guess more the Austin P game because they, they treated UTSA the way that they should have been treated. But that Austin P game, I, in in hindsight, I don't think it was a very good football team at the time, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- for them to improve over the last two months, I, I just think it speaks to uh, the program that Josh Heupel has built and and his football teams. Small sample size here at Tennessee, but but they truly do get better over the course of the season and uh, I, I don't know that uh, the September version of the Vols are, are treating UConn the way that it did uh, the beginning of November so I, I think Saturday also spoke to the growth of, of this football team in this particular season and uh, Tennessee has absolutely developed into a good football team and we'll see how good they are these next two weeks 865-255-03 we'll take a quick time out Swain Events, fueled by that end barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. You're listening to Ben McGee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Swain Event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, 
That's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Got rock and roll for you this morning. Let's go. With a little heavy metal. Rock and roll. With a little heavy metal for you this morning. If you got energy, bring it. Bring that energy. Then you need some coffee? A little bit? Uh I I always need coffee. I know what you need. You need you need you need a you need a navage or something, man. You, you sound grumpy need, over there, man. You sound stuffy. I'm not grumpy. No, I'm saying you sound grumpy. You just sound I sound grumpy. Sick. I need some tussing. That's what I need. You need, to, you need to get that that nasal cleaner, man. We got uh, one of those, man, and uh, that's been a, that's been a game changer as the weather is changing and uh, people get that sinus pressure. That's been a that has been a game changer. All right, uh, enough medical advice from <laughs> Doctor Swain this morning. <laughs> um, for, the, for the person who lives with a, a nurse, yeah. Yeah, you you shouldn't ever be sick. Um, Missouri guys, I think it's okay. We said this on this program so many times, man. You want to look ahead, look ahead. You ain't playing the games. We're not playing the games, so we can look ahead to the Georgia week. That's cool. But I need people to understand that Missouri is a good football team, and and Missouri is is more than than capable of, of beating us um, when. I look at last year's game, Ben, and, and you remember last year's game. I hope you do, because uh, I do. And I remember seeing Brady Cook, their quarterback, rush for 100 yards against us. I remember him giving us trouble in the first first half. I remember the game being 28-24 when Missouri came out in the second half and scored. And then after that, Tennessee just 
just handle business. And uh, that was the last touchdown Missouri scored in Tennessee, put up 60-plus points while Missouri only had 24. But if you were paying close attention to last year's game, you're not surprised by how well Missouri is playing this year. Because remember in the first half, they got to Henry Hooker. They provided some pass rush. We have some pre-snap penalties. Um, Brady Cook running the football. He's he's very, very mobile. Um, he was a better runner than the passer last year. Obviously, he has improved. We saw the skills of Luther Burton. He was a true freshman. Now he's more comfortable. Um, the front seven pretty good. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, especially for our, our secondary, um, which is why I think it's so important that our pass rush is Texas A&M level. I think it has to be Texas A&M level. I think our offense is better, so it doesn't put as much pressure on our front seven. But if you are sitting in this defensive line meeting room, you have to be thinking about that type of performance because there's no Kamal Hatton. There's film of Devin Leary doing what he did with the clean pocket. And so if you're Missouri, you got to feel confident that you can do the same thing because you have better receivers. So I think our pass rush has to be really good. Um, our, our offense is as good as it's been all season long. But, man, this is, this is going to be a fantastic matchup, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good one. Um, Jalen Wright has a chance to lead the SEC in rushing after this game. If his defense do what they did versus Ray Davis in Kentucky, completely shutting him down, um, we got a chance. We have what travels and what can win in the SEC. If you can run the football, if you can rush the passer, you got a chance. In any game that you play in, in in the SEC. But please, don't sleep on Missouri. I'm not saying that because it's going to affect the outcome of the game because we're not playing. I just don't want you to have these expectations like Missouri is garbage and then the game is tough or Tennessee comes up short and now you're mad you want to fire everybody. It'd be your damn fault that you got your hopes up thinking that Missouri was trash. Oh, man, this is Missouri. We should be do. We should be beat them by twenty. No, we might, but I doubt it. This team is good. You cannot look at this Missouri team like you did the last two seasons. No, always. My opinion is that you always evaluate the players in the jersey and helmets, and not the logo on the helmet. And the these players that that are in Missouri's uniforms. Uh, they, they, they're not the players that were in between those first couple of SEC teams that Missouri had that, that got them to Atlanta. They had a couple down years there, uh, with Barry Odom. That's not this Missouri football team. This Missouri football team has legitimate talent, especially on the offensive side. I mean, Swain, I, I know Tennessee's receivers are, are starting to play better, but how quickly would you swap? <laughs> Missouri starting three receivers with Tennessee's starting three receivers. I mean, That's Luther nice. Burden would nice, play man. anywhere in the country. It's not nice. Uh, the, what's that? It's not nice, man. I it, it may not be nice, but it's the truth. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to to put down Tennessee's receivers because I like where they are at. I, I like 
the season that Square White is having. Hopefully, Ramel Keaton can can build off of the bomb that he was able to catch against UConn in terms of confidence. Uh, Dante Thornton Jr. seems to be growing in confidence playing on the outside. Uh, Chaz Nimrod has stepped up. Kayla Webb is also starting to step up a little bit. Uh, so I'm not trying to downplay Tennessee's receivers. It, it's more of me just speaking to how good Missouri's receivers are. Theo Weiss, Luther Burton gets all the talk, but Theo Weiss, the, the Oklahoma transfer, uh, is very talented. Mookie Cooper, also very talented, and uh, he, he's somebody that's dynamic with the football in his hands. Uh, Brady Cook is is really, really solid. I, I wouldn't put him up there with Milrow or Jane Daniels or, or anybody like that as one of the best in the league, but it, it just in terms of pure talent, but in terms of pure production, I mean, he's he's been very productive all season. Uh, I believe just about as productive as anybody in the SEC, uh, and he's certainly capable of beating you. You 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 touched on that. We kind of saw a little bit of that last year in Neyland Stadium with his ability uh, to make plays with his legs. And then I I don't think Cody Schrader, their running back, is talked about enough. I mean, he he is very very good, uh, one of the better running backs in the SEC and in the country this season. So Tennessee's defense is going to have its hands full. And uh, Swain, I thought you made a great point of saying that the A&M, and I know you were specifically talking about the pass rush, but I, I think the collective defensive effort from the A&M game is going to have to reappear um, because it, it, it does feel like since halftime in Tuscaloosa, there's been a little bit of slippage on the defensive end. And it seems to correlate with maybe the secondary not playing as well as it had played at times. Um, Kentucky obviously was was able to throw the ball. Uh, UConn had, I believe, 180 passing yards in the first half. And that was a UConn passing attack that was averaging 180 yards per game. And they had that in the first half for 200 yards of offense. There's been a little bit of slippage there from the defense the last couple of of halves of of football so uh, Tennessee's offense is going to have to be able to put some points and and I think flirt with that 30 point mark but the defense is really going to have to step up and travel and and slow down uh, a very talented Missouri offense I thought Will Ostreet made a really good point um, during the pregame on Saturday uh, talking about the pass rush and the Kentucky game was something that we wasn't used to seeing a quarterback have as much time as Leary had. And some of it, man, they missed some calls, whatever, but you got to give Kentucky O-line some credit. And um, Overstreet was saying that opponents, they scout. They look at your pass, your pass moves. And if you have a tendency to go – to a go-to move to one direction or inside or outside, then you're going to do what you're comfortable doing. And when you do that, people are going to scout for that. They'll be ready for that. And so this is a great time to whip out some secondary moves, some um, a third move that you have because your tendencies are on film. Your habits are on film. And so uh, we have the quickness. We have the athleticism. Um, this is a perfect time to throw in, you know, some wrinkles. And uh, remember the first two years of Josh Heupel's tenure, man, there was a lot of criticism of Tim Banks. I'd never understood it 
because I watched what he did with less. And now that he has more, you're seeing a better defense. Wow, what a concept. So I think he's going to to throw some need to throw some wrinkles uh, at Brady Cook, give some give him some looks that Missouri staff have not seen on, on film from Tennessee. But I, I do think the front seven has to make the secondary's job as easy as possible. And um, I thought our front seven did a good job in the first couple of games of the season all the way up to the Kentucky game of, of masking some speed issues on the, on the back end. Because we're not the fastest on the back end, uh, which is why I think you see us play zone uh, more than maybe we would want to. You, you have to play towards your, your personnel. So, uh, you know, Gabe Julie Lolly, I, I think he's a really good zone corner. I think he's really smart, um, very experienced, did a really good job on creating a, a fumble. Um, but you got to mix it up. You're going to have to play some man some. And when you do, you can't allow uh, Weiss and Burton and all those guys to, to, to hurt you, hurt you bad. And they won't. If you get to the pass rush, I mean, excuse me, if you, if you have a pass rush and you get to the passer, 865-255-03, the Betty Chevrolet text box, uh, we will hit that up, y- your questions, your comments, we'll take them right here on the program. Ben McKee, playing tough, frozen and all, <laughs> fighting through. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready... Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. 
We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Swain Event Fuel by Dan Barbecue. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Hope you are having a wonderful Tuesday. It's November the 7th. What does that mean? It means it's the best day of the week. Best day of the week. We'll check out the Betty Chevrolet uh, text box. But but first, I want to tell you about Mind Body Wellness, the website, mindbodyknoxville.com. Go there. Schedule a mental wellness assessment. If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help design a plan for your mental wellness. They are accessible, affordable, and available. I have benefit benefited from... Uh, therapy myself had a great therapy section on uh, yesterday and um, love to check in with my therapist uh, to, to talk. Um, this is a time of the year where it gets dark quicker. And yesterday was, it was a bit of a change. Dark at like five thirty, six o'clock, man. And so depression at this time of the year um, is, an issue. And so uh, if you feel like the weight is on you, therapy, feel like this is the time for you, uh, you're looking for the right therapist to talk to, um, the right place to go to to get that mental health. Because it's just as important, if not more, than your physical health, then Mind Body Wellness, mindbodyknoxville.com today. All right, the Betty Chevrolet text box, bettychevrolet.com. All you see is Peely going to be making an appearance this month, or is he dealing with the injury? Well, he's going to be dealing with that even when he plays uh, because mentally you have to get over that hurdle. And just because you may be 95 100% physically, you still have to get over that mental hurdle. Exhibit A is Cooper Mays that you know, was cleared, but – did not play the moment he was cleared. Like he still had to mentally get over that hurdle uh, and feel feel comfortable, and he did that. So um, he, that's going to be something that he, he deals with and works through. But I get what you're trying to ask, Archer. I got you. Um, I think, man, this is this week, next week. I think it's fair to, to ask where he is and and. Um, can can we expect to see uh him out there maybe maybe next week? Maybe. I think conditioning is is very, very uh important. I don't expect him to go out there and play, you know, sixty plays or something like that. I know I would try if I was him, uh this being my senior year, and there may be an opportunity to try to get a medical uh if he's unable to go. But when he initially got hurt, November was was mentioned. So you know, we'll see where he is, and you know, maybe the maybe guys like Ben McKee will get a chance to ask questions at the press conference. Maybe if Ben just does his job and asks Hypo, "Where's Keenan Peely?" Maybe we'll have an answer. 
you can show up and ask questions too. No, I'm good. Uh, Bulldog Brian says, I was surprised how physical Mizzou was against the dogs. Trying to remember, uh, they had two weeks to prepare for the dogs. And I'm glad you mentioned that Bulldog Brian, who's an obvious UGA fan. Um, the stat of when teams play Alabama, their win-loss record is not favorable at all because Alabama can beat you twice. Well, Tennessee didn't let that happen. Tennessee lost to Bama at Tuscaloosa, then went on the road again and then played a Kentucky team that was coming off a bye that pregame thought they were ready for that for that action, wasn't ready for that action, um, and Tennessee was able to to win that game. That was a that was a that was a big time win because of those factors right there. Bama normally beats teams twice. Well, why is that? Because they're physical, they're talented. What's the difference between Alabama and Georgia now? Georgia's big and physical. And so they will beat you down. How is Missouri going to bounce back from playing against Georgia? I think that's a valid question. That's a valid question. That's a great question. Because Tennessee had an off week, essentially. Missouri is coming off a physical game against Georgia where they had to travel. How are they going to bounce back? We'll find out on Saturday. But I think that is a, a valuable talking point. Vosso Hard 615 says, I feel like Elijah is finally hitting his stride. I think we saw some bad run fits early on, but since he has improved, where do you see the biggest upside of a sub 100% Kenny Peely playing in place of him? Well, experience. I mean, experience will be. That will be the immediate answer for you, uh, the biggest upside. Peter has played a lot of ball. Why hasn't James Pierce been more disrupted, disruptive? Is it because the opposing team that scouted him and figured out his weakness of which they have used against him? I think, I think teams have respected the heck out of James Pierce, and he's gotten more attention. And – what I said before the break about you know, using some secondary moves and open up the toolbox of pass rusher moves, I think this would be a perfect time to do that because um, offensive linemen are watching film and, and seeing what you like to do. And so here's a great chance for, for Pierce to show everyone that he has more tools in the toolbox. And again, he's still just a true, true sophomore, but I'll be surprised if Pierce is not in the backfield this weekend. I'll be very, very, very shocked. For all fans, you could have just said Missouri has really good receivers. No need to do any comparisons to ours. <laughs> hey, man, I was joking with you, though, Ben. But, I mean, Missouri receivers, are they better? Uh, yeah, they're, they, they're better. No, Swain, don't say that. You're not allowed to say that out loud. They better. Missouri's receivers are better than most receiver trios in the SEC. But don't say that. If don't, don't say that out loud. If you don't like it, Tennessee receivers, go do something about it. Go do something about it. Kyle and Smyrna, huge game this weekend. Joe has been playing his best football in the last four weeks. I think he's in a good spot with the receivers. 
where we can put up some points, still lean on our running game and pass rush and hope we actually get holding calls called against our opponent. It's been a while. Melissa Watts says, football-wise, it looks like things are clicking better between Milton and receivers and tight ends. That is so good to see. I really, really miss Haddon, but that Gibson kid was impressive. I hope we can keep our eyes in the right place against Missouri. I'm not sure what to expect from them. We have to bring our A game. With basketball, I don't know who to be most excited about. We have some dudes, and it just feels so great to have Z back. Or be excited about both. I think this basketball team is a national championship caliber team. Um, thanks a lot, Michigan State, for, for losing your opener, making our win against you look look worse. Makes but you raise your eyebrow a little, doesn't it? It's all good. No, it's all good, man. It's 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 basketball. It happens. Um, Michigan State's still a really good good team, and they were up for the game against Tennessee. Didn't seem like that in the first couple of minutes, but they fought back. They clawed back. That crowd, um, the atmosphere there was like a NCAA tournament uh, crowd. I doubt they got that against against James Madison on, on last night. But be excited for both. This football team has a chance uh, to, to beat a top 15 opponent and set themselves up for an SCE showdown if you get some help from, from Ole Miss. This football team has improved. This football team has some adversity early with injuries, and they found ways to get better. And guys have stepped up. Dante Thornton's playing on the outside. Uh, he looks more more comfortable. Um, Joe Milton obviously looks looks better. And part of the reason why he looks better is because a lot of people around him, man, have improved, and, and they look better. That's also a really weird concept, how – the quarterback is impacted by the, pl- the other 10 players around him. Um, but, yeah, Ben, Joe has played better. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I think he's playing his best football right now. I, I think he's he's been really efficient. And I think we as football fans can sometimes correlate being efficient with being a game manager. And for some reason – there's a negative connotation that comes with being a game manager uh, at the quarterback position. And I think that's unfair because a large chunk of a quarterback's responsibility is being a game manager. That that's, that's quite literally why they are playing quarterback to, to manage the game for the offense. Um, But I, I don't think Joe is just simply being efficient and, uh, is is being just a game manager. Like, I, I no. think he's making plays. I, I think he's making a lot of plays w- with his legs, uh, with, with his arm, throwing inside the pocket, outside the pocket, scrambling on the run. Josh Heupel has talked about that over the last week. Uh, he He's looked really, really good and, and made some really impressive throws. And uh, Tennessee's going to need him to play like he has the last couple of halves of football in order to beat Missouri and Georgia these next two weeks. Yeah, man. I mean, the offensive line for for Missouri was a, was a question that was asked here um, by Notorious Nick, and Tennessee has done a really good job of of not allowing a ton of sacks. Tennessee right now is third best in the in the 
in the conference, only allowing 15, 15 sacks. Well, hold on, let me make sure I can see. Make sure I can see. Tennessee's given up 15 sacks. Missouri has given up 16 sacks. So you look at Missouri, they have a running back that's top of the league in rushing, and then they're giving up the same amount of sacks as Tennessee. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams. And so you can't have a quarterback uh, and Brady Cook that has – had a lot of success throwing the football either without having enough time. So this is going to be a battle, man. Like this, this is going to be a four quarter battle, which is why it was important for that Kentucky game to happen the way it did to play for four, uh, 64 minutes on the road because you're going to have to do it again. And Missouri is a team that. If I was a part of Missouri, I would be licking my chops to get a hold of Tennessee after what Tennessee did to me the last two years. Ben, I mean, 60-plus well, points in the last two games against Tennessee, I would be I would be ready to go. Yeah, I, I, I would be too now, and I'm sure they don't know this. Now, they, they kind of brought that, that beating on themselves, and I guess I should say Eli Drinkwitz bought that brought that beating on himself with with some things that he was saying privately but behind the scenes I don't think it's any coincidence that Tennessee scored 60 last year when we've seen Josh Heupel take his foot off the gas on on several occasions um but I guess the players don't don't really know that and uh, I I agree I, I think Missouri will be very up for this one I, I don't know how you couldn't be after how the last two games against Tennessee have gone, uh, that that first half in Columbia two years ago, I mean Ooh. it it was it was a bloodbath. And then again, like you just mentioned, Tennessee hanging sixty last year uh, as well. I would imagine that they're up for this football game. I would be very surprised if they're not. They're they're going to have a nice little crowd on hand uh, to support them, and uh, not a night game. I guess that's a good thing for you. Uh, but a, a 3.30 game, back-to-back 3.30 games. I know Tennessee fans are thrilled to to listen to Gary Danielson these next two weeks, but it, it's a nice challenge for Tennessee this weekend. There's no doubt about that. Uh, very similar to the Kentucky game, I feel like, just a better version of a football team that you're playing. Yeah, I, um, man, I, I, I'm not mad at the 3.30 start at all. I, I do know people um, – not the most excited about, I guess, the the, the broadcast. Um, if you watch it on TV, but hey, man, I am I am good with the start time. I'm good with it, and I think if you're a Tennessee fan and you want your your team to play at a time that benefits, maybe or influences the outcome of the of the game in a positive way. Like, you want Tennessee to play early because Tennessee yep. plays better early. So I, I love it that we play a 3-30 game this weekend and next week. And uh, the weather has been a whole lot better in the last couple of days. But I was a little concerned about that weather in Como 
if it was a night game. But it's it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be perfect football weather, one thousand percent. You just say it's gonna be beautiful in Como. Yeah, I'll, I'll check the temperature. It's gonna be what high fifties. The 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 weather 60. may feel good, but I don't think anybody has ever put beautiful and Como in the same sentence. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not providing bullet board material. Are you uh are are you gonna take a rock home with you? Uh can't can't bring rocks on the plane, Ben. Even if I could, well, I wouldn't. What am I gonna do with that? Well, I'm I'm sure there's a couple of fans that are making the trip via car. I I'm I'm sure they'd be happy to load up a, a rock into their car and, and bring it back to Knoxville for you. What am I gonna do with one rock? I mean, you want to look good in your backyard. I got enough back there. I'm good. I'm I'm good. You know, sleep, man. Bowl I'm not going to provide Missouri any bulletin board material. Well, I'm I'm proud of you. This, this is me. real growth from uh, your your appetizer state days and well, sister Jean days. I I, I'm really that. proud of you. The 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 Vol Network and and sideline duties have truly changed you. I am not going to be on in, anybody's bulletin board. Mm-mm. I ain't. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen one bit. I ain't gonna have people looking at me going, "Oh man." Mm-mm. I learned from others' mistakes, man. I don't need to learn from my own mistakes. And I have learned from my own mistakes, but I can learn from other people's mistakes too. And that's just not something I'm going to do. Ain't gonna happen, my friend. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Is our number Ben McKee go Vols two four seven? Basketball team look good, man. Look real good. Dog connect. Oh man, Ganey can shoot the lights out. This team is so deep. Oh, Jarnigan, man. He got he got his paycheck yesterday. He earned his paycheck. All those threes in Tennessee was hit. And another Tennessee three. And another. And another. 41 points in the first half. We'll take that all day long. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. 
Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit MindBodyKnoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Swain event, swainevent.com. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. This basketball team got a chance, man. Got a chance. 
No surprise why tickets sold out for season tickets sold out. People saw what this team could could be in their exhibition game against Michigan State. Is there a player that has surprised you? I, I asked Rick Barnes on the Nation on Sunday, has there been a player that surprised him? He said Kay Phillips because there was a uh, a thought to redshirt him initially, but the way he has played, the way he has competed, the way he has done everything that he's been asked to do, they're, they're, they can't redshirt him. They can't do it. Has anyone surprised you by how they looked in the first three um, games? Uh, I did not expect this much production from from Jordan Ganey. Uh, the the type of of skill set and what he has added has not surprised me um, because I I I learned very quickly on that Italy trip, even if it was just three exhibition games against random competition <laughs> that doesn't really compare to college basketball. I. I could see that he was more than just a shooter, which is what everybody thought he was when he got to Tennessee. He he can he can distribute. He had a really nice pass across uh, the floor on the baseline. I can't remember who knocked down the three. It might have been Josiah. Um, that that was it was on your end of the floor. It was just a, a very impressive pass. Uh, he he's able to distribute the see, basketball better than I anticipated. I, I think it was the Kai Ziegler had that pass. Maybe it was Zakai, um, but it was a, a, a really nice pass, and he, he just does a lot more than just shoot the basketball. He's very, very active. Uh, so I, I thought he was going to contribute in, in that manner. I just didn't think the production would would be this this large. I, I, I didn't think he'd be scoring almost 20 a game uh, through three contests, and, and and we'll see where his numbers end up. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, Santiago Vescovi getting back in the mix. Z had three points last night. Santi had two. <laughs> That's not going to be the norm, right? Uh, Zakai played 12 minutes and 32 seconds. That's not going to be the norm at some point. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what Ganey's averages end up being. But I, I did not expect him to be this productive. I knew he would help, but I didn't think he would be this productive. Now, swaying back to your point about Cade Phillips and what Rick Barnes was talking about, he's been the player that has surprised me the most Generally speaking, we just haven't seen him a ton in the exhibitions and the opener. Uh, I do think he's really going to play, though. I think he 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 gives Tennessee something that it needs with rebounding the basketball, uh, athleticism in the post. Not that they don't have athleticism with Jonas Adu or Tobey Awaka or or even JP Estrella, but he's just like a, a an energizer bunny. He's just all over the place and and constantly doing the little things that make coaches really, really happy. Uh, and and that is why he is not going to redshirt, to your point. Uh, Rick talked about that a couple times throughout the preseason uh, as well. And, and I asked him last night, why did you decide not to redshirt uh, Cade Phillips? And he said that he did it himself. Uh, he gives us a different type of frontline player, a lot stronger than he looks. He's a guy that uh, kind of what Santi does on the perimeter, he does on the inside. He's going to get you extra possessions. He's going to run down loose balls. Uh, he's really gotten good at getting off the ball. He's a guy that you can really lob the ball to, and he'll go get it. Uh, but he understands what we're trying to get done. So uh, just generally speaking, although we haven't seen Kate a ton so far in game action, he, he's been the player that has surprised me the most just because 
he was the lowest ranked guy in the recruiting class. And I, I did think that he was going to redshirt this year. Man, this team is deep. And if I had any concerns about this basketball team and um, any potential holes, I would look at post-play. I mean, losing losing Olivier. And I know how frustrating Olivier uh, was. Um, but who do you have that you can get a ball to in the post and then go get you a bucket? We will see if that is a problem. It may not be, but um, the offensive game of our post players seems to be one of the few weaknesses of this basketball team right now. But it, they may not be a weakness. Maybe these guys uh, ha- have improved, and we just haven't seen it yet because we haven't been putting those positions to throw it down in there and let a guy face up, go get a bucket, or, or show his back-to-the-basket game. But we can shoot it. We can create off the dribble. That's one thing. <laughs> that's, one, that's one thing we can do. And that is something that we addressed from last year that, especially with Z going out that we had some trouble doing, you know, late in the season. But man, this this basketball team is gonna be fun. I don't expect them to be perfect. I don't expect them to go undefeated. I expect them to have some adversity. And um I think you want them to have some. Maybe in the middle of the, of the season. And then be playing their best at the right time. I don't need my basketball team peaking in December or November. I need my team peaking in February, at the end of January. That's that's what I need. So, uh, man, a lot of these guys are playing for the first time together. And just imagine how much better they're going to be when they're playing more games together and really, really improving on their chemistry. Whew. It's going to be a fun season, folks. I really hope, I really hope that you're not someone that sits there and says, I'll get excited when this team makes it deep in the tournament. You're going to miss all the good stuff. You're going to miss all the good stuff. You are robbing yourself of some really awesome moments that I think will be created during the season. Chip Payne says Rick Barnes is the best at inbound plays. Yeah, man, he always drawing something up. Kay Phillips with the oop at the front of the rim. There's always going to be a shot for somebody, it seems like, when Rick Barnes draws up some inbound plays. Uh, Rodney Nostel says, Ganey is too smooth. Yeah, man. He, he, he's smooth. He is smooth. Caleb says, I think Gaston Moore and Navy Shula deserve that of boys. Both are talented enough to get playing time at lower levels, but are sticking around even though they're obviously being recruited over. Maybe one or both will stick around to be GAs once they are done. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them or not coaches are at, at some point. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Navy because I meant to mention this in the first hour and we got to talking about something else. But during the fall network uh, broadcast, when Tennessee was up by a lot of points, and um, you know how it goes, man. When you 
hear broadcasts or you watch broadcasts on TV and it's a blowout, they start talking about everything else besides the game. Well, it was, it was that time of the game for Tennessee. And so I was standing next to Heath Shula, just kind of talking to him here and there. And, um, you know, asked if he would be okay coming on and talking about the quarterback play. And so uh, he came on, and as soon as the interview was over, probably a minute later, Navy Shula went in. And uh, I saw his face light up even before the Jumbotron was on him. And it was so cool to see Navy go out there and run around with that 21 uh, on his on his back, uh, on his jersey, and then Shula on his back. That was That was a really, really cool moment. That was cool. And so that's why Nico was taken out to let other guys go out there and play. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's a really good message here earlier. Uh, I missed it. Let me go back to it. I don't know how banged up Luther Burton is, uh, Brian. Uh, I know he got banged up in that Georgia game, but you got a week to rest. You got the training room. I'm, I'll be surprised, and, and maybe we'll hear something from Missouri today or tomorrow. Uh, if if Drinkwitz is anything like hype, but we ain't going to hear anything. But I'll be surprised if, if Burton is not, not ready to roll. I mean, we've had guys not finish games and then be ready to go the next week. Like, Jalen Wright did not finish Kentucky game. And look what he did first first drive of the next game. So that week of rest, a couple days of rest with the training room and treatment, man, you can really get yourself back and ready to play. Uh, Smirnoval, this is the one I was wanting to read, says, I was pissed they pulled Nico so fast. Not because... It was a smart coaching decision to leave him in longer, but because I'm selfish and I want to watch our future and be excited. And since he hasn't been in yet this year, I want it more than to drive. But that's just on me. You're right. I think a lot of people felt that way. And it's okay. It's okay to want to see Nico more. But I think you have to kind of check yourself and realize that other players kind of earned the right to play in that situation. And after what happened pregame, do you really want to have your future quarterback in there? In garbage time <laughs> like that? And risk him getting, you know, hurt? I, I wouldn't. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say exactly that. Like you, you saw Nico play well on two drives, and he is the backup quarterback, and he, he is one play away from being the guy. He's also one play away against UConn from no longer being the guy. And, and then, if something were to happen to Joe at Missouri or, or Georgia, then you're turning the keys over to to Gaston Moore which I, I think is more capable than your typical walk-on quarterback and and more than your typical third-string quarterback. But if, if Joe goes down, you want to be able to turn the keys over to Nico. And no no need to keep Nico in there against UConn after he's already showed well and, and risk getting him hurt while also wanting to get 
guys like Gaston Moore and, and Navy Schuler and, and all those walk-ons in the game. So uh, my my initial reaction was kind of like, what the heck? Why only two series? Uh, but the the further I got removed from it and the more I thought about it, I, I, I thought it was a perfectly fine decision. No no need to risk getting Nico hurt, get, get the other guy some action. Uh, Nico played well as well. Maybe if he doesn't play as well, maybe you give him an extra series. But I, I, I thought they handled it perfectly fine in, in hindsight. Look good, didn't he? <laughs> he? He looked good, but everybody looked good in, in that game. I mean, honestly, who, who did not look good? Everybody looked good in that game. UConn did not. They looked terrible. I was asked what Jim Moore said to Hypo. I don't know, but Jim Moore obviously um, was not was not happy during the game, and something happened pregame. <laughs> man, I love football, man. I, lo- I-, I love it. I, lo- I love what happened last week versus Kentucky. I love, or two weeks ago against Kentucky, I love what happened last week with, with UConn, man. I-, I-, I love that type of stuff. As long as it doesn't go too far, that's what football is all about. That's what college sports is all about. How did Romeo get so wide open? I'm still trying to figure that out. How nervous were you for Romeo while that football was in the air? Yeah, I was I was nervous for him. Not, <laughs> I was too. Not because I, I thought he was gonna drop it because no. it's because I if he if he dropped it how crushed his confidence would have been and how embarrassing that would have been for him in that moment to drop that wide open touchdown. Like yep. the, the the Virginia drop and the AM drop is what it is. There was I mean, he's still open open by a couple of steps, but I couldn't even see anyone around Ramel on this last one. Like I, I didn't know what coverage it was. I asked Joe about it in the post game interview. You know, he mentioned something about you know, cover three and Obviously, UConn busted. I mean, that was whew, that was that was that was ugly from UConn. I don't know if you noticed this, Ben, but when uh, Dante Thornton ran a slant route on the outside, did you notice Joe take a lot off of the ball? Uh, that that is not something that I noticed in the moment, but now that you say it. I, I do recall it not being an absolute missile to him. Yeah, he 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 took a ton off of that ball, and um, Joe's throwing with a lot more touch and anticipation this year. He, he's he's been doing it all throughout the season. I mean, go back in and watch some of those early throws he he made at Florida. Go back in. And look at some of the throws he made against Virginia. Mm-hmm. He he just wasn't doing it at a super consistent level, and now he is doing it at a super consistent level. Joe, Joe has Joe has absolutely displayed that he can throw with anticipation. He can throw with touch. He can he can throw the change up. It, it's it's not just all bazooka Joe all the time. Yeah, that throw he made to Squirrel. I mean, he just laid that one out in front a Squirrel and let Squirrel run through the catch and. um 
that I think was very noticeable. And um, if Joe tries to throw that thing any harder, Squirrel maybe doesn't catch up with it. But I've seen Joe play at a winning level for multiple weeks, which is why it was really easy to take up for him. The last couple of weeks have been really easy for everybody to see. But I've seen Joe do his job for multiple weeks. Multiple weeks. And now he's playing a little bit better, but the players around him are playing better. So no one can say anything about Joe. It's been real quiet lately. And um, I'm glad. I'm really glad for him. And and they're going to need him to to continue to do so uh, this this weekend and, and next weekend, obviously. And I would say, and, and I guess more so with the Georgia game, he's even going to have to take his game to another level. You, you can play the way that you did the last couple of weeks and, and absolutely beat Missouri. But even against Georgia, I think he's going to have to take his game to to another level and, and go make even more plays to, to knock off the Bulldogs. Uh, but he, he's playing really, really well right now and uh, it, 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 it's helped that everybody else around him ha- has really stepped up and, and I was look I, I was I was very critical uh, of him going into Alabama I, I said it multiple times uh, on various platforms that that I did not trust Joe Milton enough to, to go on the road and 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 play well enough to beat in Alabama and and he did he wasn't necessarily perfect at the all times, particularly in the second half, but he played more than well enough to beat Alabama on the road. And uh, he's played really, really well against Kentucky and UConn. And uh, Tennessee's going to need that these next two weeks. How much do you think Joe will have to play to, to beat Missouri? Do you think Joe will have to play his best game that we haven't seen yet? Or do you think Joe can play – how he played against Kentucky or how he played against you know, Bama in Tennessee can win if other guys are able to step up and, and, and do their jobs too. Yeah, I, I think if he plays like he did in that first half in Tuscaloosa and plays like he did in, in Lexington against Kentucky, that throw to Chaz Nimrod, uh, another throw that, that I thought showed great display of, of touch uh, Chaz's first career touchdown catch. Uh, if if he plays like that, then I think Tennessee beats Missouri this weekend. Now against Georgia, kind of like I just said a moment ago, I, I think that's when he has to to elevate his game and, and and play his absolute best in order for Tennessee to win. Yeah, outside the uh, you know high throw to um, you know Warren in the end zone, like give me give me Alabama Joe, and then in the first half. Uh, and I know a lot of the second half was was out of his control. Well, like he played terrible in the second half, but give me give me that first half, Joe, where he's finishing runs and running goal folks and uh, and throwing guys open. That pass to Squirrel on the sideline was 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 awesome. Give me that, but then give me the execution from everyone else uh, that we saw in Kentucky um, offensively. Now, defensively, um, we can't have our pass defense like it was versus Kentucky, but I'm feeling good about 
our chances to go up to Missouri. I respect Missouri as, as a football um, team this year. I respect what Eli Drinkwitz is doing. And um, I know that we're going to have to play a dang good football game. And that's, that doesn't mean we have to play mistake-free and we have to be perfect. But we, we can't have the penalties where you're lining up offsides. Like, that's – you can't do that. You can't line up offsides. Like, the first thing you're supposed to do when you get in your stands is check to make sure that you're on sides. If you line up offsides, that is a telltale sign, I think, to your coach that you are not locked in. You are mentally not where you need to be. So we can't be lining up offsides. We can't be getting uh, pre-snap penalties offensively or defensively. We have been pretty consistent in the three years of getting more penalties than maybe maybe you should, but we've been able to kind of make up for it uh, in other ways. I don't think this is a game where you can just get a lot of, a lot of penalties and expect to win. So we got to be smart there. I think special teams are going to have to be important. It was good to see D. Williams on offense. You saw that. You saw that, Ben. What we all yeah. wanted to see for the last couple of weeks. It finally happened. It did. Uh, still, still kind of weird. It, just in the sense of like, when do you use him? Because I maybe you think that he is, but is is he comfortable enough to where he can stay in there and 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 run with the tempo and and be able to handle his assignment on one play to the next? I, I think that's the 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 big question because right now it seems like he's a situational receiver or a tool gadget on offense for for Tennessee to use and and maybe you have to be strategic on when you run him out there so that he doesn't get stuck in the tempo unless he's been able to get really really comfortable within the system I think if he was comfortable Ben I think we would have seen him out there more yeah I mean I, I, I think so too I mean I think you just have to have to just straight ask, ask yourself that question. Because I think the answer is kind of right there in our face. That was a game where everyone played. And that was a game where it would have been great to have him on offense after a couple of weeks of working with the receivers. You had a bye week. Brew got hurt in South Carolina. It's been plenty of time to feel like get him acclimated with playing the position. The fact that we didn't see more of him at wide receiver versus UConn, I think is the is the answer to your question. Like maybe he's just not ready to handle that load at wide receiver for an entire drive. And D is an exceptional player with the ball in his hands. He's very, very athletic, but at the same time, you got nowhere to go. And with all the injuries and questions and, and rotation that we have seen at corner, we haven't seen D Williams at corner. And so there's your answer. Like you, you, at the end of the day, you, you have to know where to go. And, and um, I think that's probably – why and hey if, if not now then when because right. if, if, if 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 you're struggling to find the confidence to throw him in there against 
UConn is, is the light just going to all of a sudden come on against Missouri, uh, which um, Missouri, it, it's not Georgia, but it's still going to be a difficult task. Do you, do you trust him in that moment? And, and then certainly against Georgia, do you trust him against the Bulldogs? Well, I think you just answered your question because, like, if, you, if you're not going to get in there against UConn, how can we expect to see him Missouri and Georgia? Because it's not just about knowing where to go. It's about getting there fast. Like, the tempo is going to be our friend against Missouri and against Georgia. It's going to be one of the reasons why you have a chance to win. The tempo broke Missouri down in the second half. Like Missouri was, I tell you, man, Missouri was hanging with Tennessee. So it was 28-24, beginning of the third quarter. But the tempo broke Missouri. Hyatt had a touchdown, was perfectly you know, drawn up by the offensive coaching staff, where Missouri just did not account for him because of the tempo. So if you're not able to run routes fast, get back to the line of scrimmage, know exactly where to go, and just get to where you need to be quick, fast, in a hurry, man, you got to put somebody else in that knows what you want to do and it's going to execute the offense um, at a high level. You just have to, man. So I think that was the ship. That was the ship, UConn. I think it has sailed now. I hope I'm wrong, but... That seemed like the opportunity to get him in there and um, play play some wide receiver. I would still like to see them use him situationally. How? Maybe, maybe, I I would I would be okay, and and maybe I I just don't know enough about the offense. Maybe Josh Heupel would strongly disagree with me, but I I would be okay with slowing down the tempo for a play to get D Williams in for a play. I, I I would, I would be okay with getting him the ball at least once on, on any given drive and, and seeing if he can make something happen, create an explosive play. And, and then instead of going tempo, slow down the offense to get somebody else in there. I, I would be okay with making that trade. I, I don't know if Josh Heupel would be willing to make that trade, but from the outside looking in, I would be. I don't think he'd be okay with that because as much as I was able to give you that reason why I think that ship is sailed, other staffs and other teams probably going to think the same. And when they see D. Williams come in, what are they going to think? They're going to think, oh, he's getting the ball. He's Your coming in. Go up. He's, getting, he's getting the ball. Here it is. He's getting the ball. And then after that play, you're going to take them back out and then allow the defense to substitute and allow the defense to bring on fresh players. So you're going to bring them in, allow the defense to bring in fresh players, take them out, allow the defense to bring in fresh, more fresh players. I just, I just don't see Hypo doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't either. I just would really like to see D Williams with the football in his hand. Two to three times a game, at least once, well, at least once a game. You mean <laughs> offense? <laughs> On offense, yes. At, at least once a game. I, I, I think it would be worth it because he is that dynamic with the football in his hands. 
Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I I totally get everything you just said, and and I, I don't disagree. I I think Hypo has that that mindset, and and I don't blame him for having that mindset. I I just I, I would really like to try and get D Williams to football at, at least once a game on, on offense, if not two to three times. Yeah, I just line so him up in the backfield and, and and do a toss until toss sweep. He has like, to be, he has like to be CP in the, style. Well, he has to be in the whole entire drive, Ben. I know, I know, Mike. That's that's the only way. I mean, like if you want to get him in after an injury, so like let's say you, you are at the forty yard line going in, and chances are you probably got three or four plays, and there's an injury, and then you want to get him in. Okay, but like. I don't see him going in at the beginning of a drive and I don't see him going in, you know, in, in the, in the flow of things either, because you're going to allow the defense to, to sub and, and tempo was part of why we have been so good rushing the football. Like I like our backs. I think our line has gotten better, but let's not sit here and, and, and you know, pretend like our offensive line is, the Cowboys offense line in the nineties when Emma Smith was, was, was tearing up the lead. Tempo helps our offensive line. And if you allow the defense to substitute and get fresh guys in, I think you are compromising your running game in some sorts. That's, that's the dilemma. And I think that's why you haven't seen, D. Williams more because like every time he gets the ball on a punt return, I think he's going to score. So I, I understand wanting to see him more and getting that feeling like, oh my god, here it is, he's about to have a big play for us. But you, you got some running backs, man. You got you got Dylan Sampson, you got Jalen Wright that you can line up on the outside and throw a screen to. I mean, you got you got some dudes who are who are capable of making plays. I, I get D. Williams is different. But you got some other guys who are capable. You just can't risk slowing down, slowing down the offense with D. You just, you just can't do it. You, you got to go. If, if, if the, if the bus leaves at noon, and you got to leave at noon to get to where you're going to be by one, you can't wait on anybody if you want to get there by one. You got to go. And I feel like you can't wait on D Williams. You got to go. You got to get to where you. You need to be. What 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 if you're, what if you're waiting on Joe Milton? What what if, what if Joe's not there by twelve? Or are, are you waiting on Joe? Joe gonna be there by twelve. <laughs> uh, speaking of one thing that popped into my head, talking about players that stood out on Saturday, and it wasn't just this Saturday. It, it's been for several weeks now. Isn't it a good thing that Tennessee did not decide to cut Jackson Ross after two or three games? The, this season isn't that a good thing Swain um well I mean it was his first time you know playing in this type of environment I figured that he had some little bit of nerves the first of the season but man he's he has certainly settled down and he's, he's playing he's playing really well he's a weapon he's a weapon for sure I'm I'm waiting on him to 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 keep it on one of these punts it, it, it feels like he's he's trying to or, or wanting to every time he goes to punt. And I know that's part of the Australian rugby style kicking. It, it looks like they're going to take off running with it, but 
I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the, the, the guy is a weapon with his left foot and his right foot. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. The thing is, too, is, I mean, he's a good enough athlete that he can, you know, he can take off and, and go. Yep. Um, number one. Number two, like, he can give you the rugby where he kicks that thing um, low and tries to get a, a nice bounce. Or he can he can he can pooch kick it like he can kick it up high too, mm-hmm. and so man, he is he is truly truly a weapon, and I think field position is going to be important for the next two games. One thousand percent, one thousand percent will be important. There'll be some hip, hidden yards um, that is going to favor one team, and I'll be surprised at that team does not have a better chance to win the game. And think about how good we have been with our punt coverage team. We're not giving up a lot of yards to punt returns. The reason why is because Jackson Ross does a really good job of getting the snap, waiting a count or two, letting our snapper get down, letting other guys get down. Uh, and close the gap, close the distance between them and the punt returner. And then when that guy's catching the ball, we're making a play. And that's that's Jackson Ross doing a really good job. And that's our um, punt protection team doing a good job too, not allowing you know any creases or any rushes come in and, and block uh, Jackson Ross' punt. Don't be surprised, though, if you see Missouri or Georgia put some more pressure on, on Jackson Ross' to get him to speed up a little bit. Don't yeah, be surprised. I, I I could certainly see that. You know who else is a weapon? Well, that, that's Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty, and she can make all the plays that you need made in the real estate market if you were looking to, to buy, sell, or, or do whatever you want in real estate. Jennifer Morris can help you out, and I encourage you to check out her website, nextmovesmokymountains.com. You can search for homes, check out info about our Tennessee communities, and most importantly, you can connect with the weapon that is Jennifer Morris whenever you are ready. Love it. Love me some Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty. 865-255-03. Betty Chevrolet text box was humming today. Make sure if you're looking for a vehicle, BettyChevrolet.com is the website, pre-owned SUVs, pre-owned trucks, starting as low as nineteen nine five. Their website, BayChevrolet.com. Weather is changing in a huge way. I mean, last week got really, really, really chilly. Um, it's also ice on the ground. Folks, make sure that you and your HVAC system is prepared for the colder weather. Not a better time than right now to replace that system. Hiller is having their biggest sale ever on select HVAC systems. Get up to $2,600 off a new system until November the 15th. Got about a week. Again, this is the biggest discount that Hiller has had in years. Go to the website, happyhiller.com. Thursday, 8 a.m., we... We'll be back 
Swain and Vince, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. I enjoyed the time. Ben, as always, going to miss you in um, Como, but glad that you're covering the basketball game there at Madison. And uh, I'll see you on Thursday, my friend. Absolutely. Appreciate you. All right. Ben McKee, Go Voss 247. I'm Jason Swain. Peace and much love. We are out.